Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Color in Art, a podcast that looks at diversity, equity, and inclusion in the arts industry. Last episode, I had a great conversation with Vikas Arun, a South Asian male artist and educator who shared his personal experiences and advice. If you haven't already, go listen to that. Today, I'm speaking with Deepa Legal, a South Asian modern and concert dancer and educator. Deepa shares her experience regarding DEI in the dance field in our conversation and shares very valuable information to our listeners. I hope you enjoy our conversation. What are your name and pronouns and what are the professions or passions that uh, you'd like to share? And do you have any aspect or identity that you'd like to share as well? Um, My name is Deepa Legal. I use she, her pronouns. I am a professional dancer with the Limon Dance Company and the Metropolitan Opera. And I am also a classically trained Pilates instructor in New York City. Um, I'm also Indian American, I'm adopted, and I really love acai bowls. Me too. They're so good. And that's great to hear. (laughs) Yeah. And how did you get into your form of art? Did you have any motivations? And was there ever a fear of being in the arts industry due to any aspect of your identity? Yeah, I started dance. Um, I started with classical Indian Kathak dance, um, I am adopted. My parents are white. And so they thought it would be a good way to connect to my heritage and, um, you know, ground me in the culture that I had moved so far away from in a way that they couldn't provide. So I started out with Kathak and then made my way over to more modern and ballet and jazz and point and all that stuff. Um, And I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to be a professional dancer Um, But I think growing up, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, um, in a predominantly white community. I went to private school. um, So most of my peers were white or Asian. um, And I think growing up, the great thing about the school that I grew up in, uh, dance-wise, was that, you know, even though I was pretty much the only person of color, they never let that be a deterrent. They supported me in um, the best ways that they could um, and allowed me to be, you know, a brown skinned person in this predominantly white art form. Um, But it, I mean, it definitely, it didn't come without its challenges. I, you know, had heard from teachers very early on, oh, um, you know, you're never going to be a ballet dancer. Like you don't have the body type, you don't have the feet. And I have very flat feet, which is great for Kathak dance, um, but not so great for ballet and point. Um, but they still supported mm-hmm. me in, you know, pursuing dance as a profession, but they made it pretty clear early on that like being a ballet dancer was not in the cards. And I think also um, at the time in the early 2000s when I was doing ballet, like we had seen very little um, advancement of people of color through the ranks of major ballet companies. Maybe they were in the court of ballet. Maybe there were one or two soloists. Um, but in term, and I think like Amar Ramasar was one of the first, like, if not only like Indian people in the States that have made it into the ranks of a major ballet company. And so um, the idea of having, or like having a ballet career as an Indian was not, something that I thought really was possible. So I switched my focus to modern dance, which um, is what I am currently doing. And it has worked out great for me, but um, it 
there was definitely a like you should change what your folk career wise what you're going to focus on um because it'll they have more options um you don't necessarily have to look like everyone else in the company if you're in a modern dance company and so that would be probably an easier pathway to go on um in terms of a career which you know i still love ballet i take ballet every week for company class and um i still have that foundation but it is uh that was one of the initial things that sort of switched my career path is like modern dance is more open and accepting of different people of different body types and skin colors and everything um so i think that was probably the biggest sort of thing in terms of diversity and dance um that i was made of very early on in my career yeah so like the kind of the standards in different types of styles of dance kind of shaped where you ended up because of how inclusive a ballet industry was compared to modern exactly so that's really interesting to see was there ever a stigma within your own family community about pursuing dance well like i said my parents are both white um so that i didn't have sort of a traditional south asian um maybe pressure on me to pursue like more of an academic career per se. Um, my parents were very supportive from the get go of me pursuing dance as a job. Um, I think in terms of uh, stigma or lack of support, the only thing, and it was never like not a lack of support or is never a lack of support, but you know, getting a dance job, right out of college or just in general, especially in one of these big companies, um, is, is pretty slim. It's very rare. And I think they just wanted me to be realistic about, you know, I can go through these, you know, 20 years of training, but is that actually going to get me a job in a major dance company? I don't know. The, 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 uh, I think I had a college professor once that said like the number of dance graduates that graduate with a job is like 2%. And so it's like, it's a pretty big gamble to want to do just the arts and especially dance and especially dance at this caliber as a living because there aren't that many jobs. And obviously now you can do like being in a company is not the only way to have a dance career. But when I was growing up, it was sort of like the be all end all it you know, both in high school and college was to get into one of these major companies and the rates of hiring are so low. Um, so I feel very fortunate that it is all worked out. But um, in terms of stigma or support, I think there was just this like note of realism of how hard and how fortunate those who do get jobs like this are um, because they are pretty rare to come by. Yeah, I completely understand that. And I get that all the time, too. And do you, um, would you be able to elaborate more on like, your experience getting into the secure like job in the company that you have now? Um, was that difficult? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, so I feel very lucky. I went to college for dance. I went to Southern Methodist University. Um, and when I was a junior, uh, Limon Dance Company, which is who I dance for now, um, was having a big festival to celebrate uh, their 70th anniversary. And my school was one of those universities that was invited to perform. So I had some pretty early exposure to the company. I was only a junior at the time, um, but I was able, I think, sort of to get on their radar again as 
um, a junior that helped me when I, uh, during my senior year, when I was auditioning for the company, um, I auditioned end of my senior year. And after about a month of waiting, um, heard back and was offered an apprenticeship position, um, which I took. And it was a great sort of launch um, pad for just like entering the professional world. Um, that audition was about two days long. And I I, you know, I don't remember exactly how many people were there or anything, but I remember it being pretty intense. Um, I think at the end, there were probably four or five of us left. And um, I think three, two, three got, two got the job. I was offered the apprenticeship and then two didn't get the job or something like that. So uh, it all, it, you know, when you get to the end, it's pretty like it could go either way. And it's very exciting and very disappointing, whichever way, you know, depending on the way it goes. Um, but that's been sort of my a similar experience for all of the, the companies that I've auditioned to for. I've danced for two major dance companies. Um, I left Limone after a year and auditioned for Mark Morris Dance Group. And again, it was something like 300 down to like the three of us that got hired. So um, I felt very fortunate uh, to have landed a spot in that company. And I danced with Mark for about a year and a half. The pandemic hit, I left, um, and then when things started opening back up, Lamone called and offered me a job and asked if I wanted to come do some summer work, which I accepted, and that turned into a full-time gig. So I've, you know, in terms of auditioning, have been to like two big major company auditions and then had other gigs come from those, and those have been, you know, they're hard. They're like four, two to four days long, and you're... Like I said, when it comes down to it, it, you know, it's especially when you get into those final like five, 10 to 5 people, it's like this could go really great or this could be really crushing. And I feel very fortunate that both of those have gone very well. Um, but it's, you know, it's so crazy starting out in a room of, you know, 50 people. And by the end of the week, you know, it's down to five. Um, but that's sort of how concert dance works and it's um you know four days of intensity and then you have a job you have a career which is kind of a miracle yeah that's crazy to see and the, uh congrats to you on getting those company uh placements because that's that's really crazy and how the auditions work are so fascinating because there's like so many people trying to get to the same spot and yeah. In your experience in the arts industry, what ways have your identity been an important factor in your career or played um, a key role in your experience as an artist? Um, I, I mean, I think probably the biggest thing is that I have, you know, it's always been something, being Indian has always been something that has set me apart from everyone else in the room. And I think I've fully used that to my advantage. I don't look like everyone else in the room. And it's pretty unusual, maybe less so nowadays, but when I was first auditioning and going through college and my first couple of years in the industry, you know, you didn't see Indian girls or guys in the room. So to have someone in the room like me was pretty rare. And I think it helped me stand out and was like, oh, look, like that is something we've never seen before. Um, so it definitely, just my identity alone helped me get a foot in the door and then it, you know, took obviously hard work and talent and time and dedication to like 
like actually get into the room, but um, it's always been, you know, my headshot doesn't look like anyone else's and that has been a strength. Um, and I've, you know, tried not to see it as a hindrance ever because, you know, the arts world needs more diversity. And um, I think I've always viewed it as, you know, I'm training wise, just I've trained just as much as everyone else in this room. So why, why, why couldn't it be me? Why couldn't they pick me? Um, and so I think it's, it's felt a little bit like, of, I don't know if superpower is the right, it, it's, that's not the right word, but it's felt like, okay, I have all the training to back up, uh, you know, my skill, but then I also have this additional element of, uh, di- like racially being something that has not been seen in this space before. And I think that's very special. Yeah, that is so special. And I think it's so important to be proud of how you look and other ways you identify in this community. Like for me too, I feel like uh, I'm also in the dance world and a lot of times in auditions, like when I don't see anyone else like me, like obviously like I, again, know that like I have the training behind my back and I know that I'm capable of doing it. So it's just the fact that like, okay, I look different. Maybe I can use this to my advantage. And oftentimes I do. And even if they don't choose me because of whatever they want, they don't see the right fit. But like sometimes I feel like that aspect really helps us stand out in a good way too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And could you possibly share a story where you might have been viewed, judged, discriminated, or viewed differently because of your identity? Was there a situation you could describe and did that affect your participation uh, in dance in the future? Um, I mean, I think a a lot of the um, times that have, that I have felt like, oh, I am, or I felt more acutely like, oh, I am, you know, uh, probably not what they're looking for have been more in, um, like probably the classical ballet world or, um, uh, I've done a couple musical theater auditions and gigs and, you know, with those, like, it's like, well, they're looking for a certain part and as a person of color, I am not going to fit into that part. And it sucks, you know, and now they're doing a lot of colorblind casting, which is great. Um, you know, but for certain, I don't know, ballets or certain, um, like, like certain musical theater, like stories that are being told, like, it is important to have those, um, you know, it's important to respect, like, who is telling the story, what the story is about, but it, it does, it is hard. Like when you're like, Oh, I would be so perfect for this role. It is hard to sort of set that aside and be like, but maybe I'm, maybe it's not actually right for me to be telling this role. Um, but in terms of discrimination, I've, I did a music video last year, um, for an artist and it was a collaboration music video between an Indian artist and um, a Hispanic artist. And I was brought in to represent or to dance um, for sort of the Indian artist and to be part of that um, group, basically. Um, and from the get-go, it was just like the the lack of awareness, the lack of respect for what 
Indian culture was and for how we should be dressed, how we should move, um, what would be like, like the way to do Indian dance respectfully, um, was like not there. And it was super uncomfortable for the like two days that we were prepping for this video. And, you know, in in the end, we ended up like scrapping that side of it because it couldn't be done in a way that was respectful or in a way that the choreographer and the four or five of us as dancers felt comfortable with. So we ended up like being grouped in with the rest of the sort of core dancers, which is probably what we should have done anyway, because we all had the training just as much as the core group of dancers did to be part of this core. And, but we were pulled out to be this like Indian faction, which is fine if you can do it in a way that is respecting the culture and respecting the art form, you know, these classical Indian dance is thousands of years old. So it's not necessarily something that you can just be like, Oh, you know, maybe these hand movements are like, we'll do the trick. It's like, well, no, you're, you're taking this, you know, ancient art form and watering it down to something that it's cheap entertainment. Um, so we, we didn't end up doing the like Indian dance portion for this music video. Um, we were just part of the like core group of dancers. Um, so that was sort of like that involvement was not done because um, it couldn't be done correctly. But also like it was one of those things where it's like, well, you saw us one way. And so you automatically pushed us into this corner when really we could have also been doing everything else that everyone else was doing if you had looked past like what our skin color is and what we look like and what we were hired quote unquote to do. Um, so that was like one of the bigger, I think, um, experiences that I've had in this industry where it's been like, we're not just a, we're not just like a token for you to use when you need it. Yeah, for sure. And did any of these situations like, affect how you approach dance in the future did you have a different perspective or like were you more wary around certain like auditions or types of people it definitely made me uh much more wary of like taking I you know the audition posting was sort of sus from the beginning and it's made me look at like audition postings and what people are asking for artists um it's made me just like look at those a lot more carefully and I think also you know because I've done gigs where it has been Indian dance or Indian fusion or a Bollywood inspired piece or something but it's uh, most of those gigs that I've done in the past have been with Indian choreographers that I respect and I trust um and so I think going forward it's made me much more wary of like oh we need like Indian looking people or oh we need we want to do like an Indian section and it's made me like realize I need to look at like who's on the other side of the table, who's the choreographer, who's the director, who's costuming um, before I take projects because, you know, I love being able to pull out cupbuck and use that and because I have been trained in it. Um, but I think that experience really made me like, is this, 
a chance or is this an opportunity that will celebrate and respect this beautiful ancient dance style that I've been trained in? Or is this a moment where they're like, oh, you are Indian, you look Indian, and we're going to use that uh, in more of an exploitative manner, manner, uh, but not actually respect the culture and the background that you're coming from. Um, so I think it's made me look at jobs a lot more carefully. Um, yeah. And I think yeah, tokenism is a really big problem now because it's like, oh, like, are you doing it for actual yes. diversity or is it just like on the surface and it's not really going any further than that, which is a big issue. Yeah. And regarding right. representation, could you describe an instance or a time when you've witnessed a lack of rep- representation within dance institutionally or even on like a seemingly in- insignificant level? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I think <laughs> just the industries, that, the industry that I am in today, like the concert dance world is in terms of South Asians, like very lacking. Like there are not many other Indian modern dancers. Um, And so I think just as a whole, like if you look at the major modern dance companies, yes, there is diversity and they have dancers who are uh, East Asian and South South Asian and African-American and Filipina and Latino, but in terms of like South Asian Indian representation, like that is still very much lacking. Um, and I think just in the concert dance world in general, in the more like, uh, you know, formalized Western dance styles, modern dance ballet, um, you know, even like jazz, like Broadway, like the the diversity is there and, the, you know, I think strides have been made, but I think it is also, there's also just like an inherent, we're telling stories here and they have to look a certain way that is limiting um, to like a truly like diverse and inclusive uh, industry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have had so many experiences being on tour and having, you know, South Asian people come up to me and just say, you know, you're the first Indian person I've ever seen on stage. And it's, you know, it's so inspiring and it's so flattering to hear that, but it's also like, it's 2023. Like, (laughs) why am I the first like Indian person that you've ever seen with a major, you know, major concert dance company um but i think the you know the tracks have been laid the foundation has been laid for more diversity i'm hoping that it starts to open up more bound like more access to people of all backgrounds but you know especially south asians um but i it is still i think shocking to me like you know i am the first indian dancer to dance with Lamone, the first indian dancer to dance for mark um which is, you know, a great honor, but it's also, it's still, you know, surprising, I guess, in this, and also not surprising in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy that those first, like, there's such great accomplishments, but, like, it, the fact that that's 
only happening now. And I hope that it's going to create a path, like you said, for a future with more diversity. And it's starting to open up, I think, but I'm not sure. Have you seen um, noticeable progress regarding DEI and dance institutionally? And what do you think institutions may have done um, specifically to make dance more equitable? It's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think obviously coming out of the pandemic, um, there have so many companies have created DEI programs just in general. And then also, um, you know, done different things that have claimed to broaden the diversity of their company. I, I think the company that I'm with Lamone has done a very good job at practicing what they preach and hiring diverse individuals for the company. But even, you know, even in Lamone, like we don't have any African-American female dancers currently. Um, uh, you know, other companies have had recent auditions and I, I don't know if it necessarily seems like the people they are hiring are, more diverse or more inclusive. Um, and I think, you know, it's also, I, I think it's a hard line between, I think it goes back to the tokenism aspect. Like uh, Gabe, oh, I don't want to butcher his last name, but it, Gabe Stone Sayer, I think is his last name. He's a dancer with American Ballet Theater. And he just did, um, you'll have to make sure it's ABT. It might be in, it might be City Valley, but I'm pretty sure he was with ABT and they just did an evening of like all African-American choreographers. Um, and he was writing about how they've done these events that are supposed mm-hmm. to be more about including diversity, but have just, again, sort of felt like tokenism and that they haven't really embraced like, putting their those practices in, or those um what they're you know preaching into practice so i think the fact that organizations have these dei um programs now is good but i i don't know how uh how much they're actually being implemented in terms of like who's on stage, what is being shown um, and all that. I, Lamona is working with a choreographer right now um, who's female and African-American and is the first time that I've ever worked with um, an African-American female in a professional setting. Um, So that's been very exciting for me. And also I think the, you know, the, the difference and the diversity that we need as a company um, to keep moving forward and to keep telling stories that feel relevant to today's people in today's society. Because that's what Lamone was all about was, you know, people dancing and telling stories for like a lot of these like a lot of the great modern dance choreographers were Ailey was like that. Um, and so I, 
I think steps are being made, but I think it's going to take time. And I think it's also going to ask, going to have, it's going to need audiences also. Um, and just on an institutional level, it's going to take asking everyone to like have a broader perspective of what is possible in the concert world. Yeah, for sure. And whether it's you specifically um, as an artist or an institution, what do you think we can do in the future to promote uh, equity in the arts? Um, I mean, I think it's just a, a persistence. It's it's continuing to like a show up and um, ask for more to like just continue to demand it to ask for more opportunities to be made available to ask um for more um you know doors to be opened like these are you know old old companies with long and rich histories and so to ask you know companies that are 70 you know 80 years old to make a drastic change in who they've hired and who is on the board or who, um, you know, is doing workshops, like that's going to take time and it's going to take persistence. And it's just, we have to just keep showing up and, you know, making sure that our faces are shown and that people know that we're doing the same work and the same steps as, you know, people did in the past. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to look the same way we just have to keep, you know, showing up and getting our faces out there and making sure that people know that, you know, even though I don't look like the first four women that have danced this specific role, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to or I shouldn't, um, you know, maybe by adding more diversity, you're actually going to get a richer experience um, and a deeper understanding of a work or a piece. Um, and I think it just, yeah, it just, we have to keep throwing doors open and asking for change and asking for um, steps to be taken to keep the companies that we work with moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, something that's really important. And did do you have any advice for current minorities who are in the arts community? Um, I think just the thing that has always helped me is just taking the fact that we are minorities and we don't look like everyone else in the room as a strength, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not necessarily always fun being the first of anything, but it is also a privilege and extremely special. And it's, you know, like you said, we all have the training, we all have the talent, the skill, to keep up with everybody else in a room. And so the color of this, your skin or like what your background is should only enhance what you can bring to the table. Um, it should only like enliven what you're doing. And, um, you know, it is, there are going to be moments that are really hard and it's not going to be fun, but at the same time, like we have such a right to inhabit these spaces and, what we bring is so special and so unique that, um, you know, we, uh, we just, we have to just keep asking 
and demanding a seat at the table um, because what we bring is going to enrich the arts communities that we're in, the audiences that come to see us, and um, the, you know, the future of the dance world, of the arts world for the next set of dancers coming up. Yeah, and that's great advice and it's great to hear. And unless you have any last thoughts, that's all I have for you. Uh, Nope, I think that's all I got. Thank you so much for coming on here and speaking with me. Of course, of course. Yeah, happy to help. Once again, thank you so much to Deepa for speaking with me today. And I hope listeners were able to learn more about this topic through our conversation. New episodes are released every other Friday. If you have any questions, please send them to at TCIA Podcast on Twitter or to at The Color and Art on Instagram. At the end of each episode, I'll answer any questions sent. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five-star rating or review as helps me in the podcast so much. Thank you for listening, and I hope you all have an amazing weekend.